Welcome to the Global Venturing View Leadership Series. Today we have an audio version of a panel at our GCP Digital Forum 3.0 in January. This one is hosted by Heidi Roizen, a partner at Threshold Capital, and she's leading a discussion called The Venture Manifesto, in which former and current NVCA chairs speak out on the VC imperative to support innovation. And those former and current chairs are Kate Mitchell, who is now a co-founder of Scale VP and was the NVCA chair from 2010 to 2011, and Barry Eggers, a general partner at Lightspeed Venture Partners and an NVCA chair from 2020 until 2021. Hello, everyone. I'm Heidi Roizen. I'm a partner at Threshold Ventures. We're an early stage venture capital company located in Silicon Valley. And I'm also in my ancient history, a former board member of the National Venture Capital Association. And we are very lucky today to have both the current and a former chair of NBCA here with us. So I'd like to invite Barry and Kate to come on stage with me. We Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, Barry, Good morning. could you please give us a short introduction about you? Sure. I'm uh, uh, the current chair of the NBCA. I'm one of the, also one of the founders of Lightspeed Venture uh, Partners, and I've been doing venture capital for about 24 years. And before that, I was actually at Cisco and was their first corp dev person. So I started their investments and acquisition practice. So I've been on actually the other side too. Fantastic. And Kate, welcome to you as well. Tell us a little about yourself. Well, uh, our Barry and my backgrounds parallel each other. Co-founder of Scale Venture Partners, been in the business 24 years. And I started at Bank of America where I launched all their online banking, did a whole lot of work in the IT space. So similarly, started life coming out of a corporate and now going forward. I was chair of the NBCA. It's like Hotel California. You can check out, you can whatever, you check in, but you can never leave. Um, I'm back now um, on the board of an affiliate of the NBCA called Venture Forward, which is focused on diversity and inclusion. We'll talk more about that later. But also I'm on two public boards, one Silicon Valley Bank, sponsor here today, but from a corporate venturing perspective, a big partner for corporate venturing firms, and then also Fortive Corporation, which is a large serial acquirer industrial space, something we don't know about in venture, a billion dollars worth of free cash flow a year, um, <laughs> and just beginning their corporate venturing. So when I wear that hat, when I come to these events, I'm massively in the learning mode. So great to be here. Great. Thank you. And, and I, I'll put in a plug for Venture Forward. I'm a mentor in the program and it's, it's really an amazing program. So Thank congratulations you. Thank on you. So I'm going to take advantage of the fact that we have two head honchos here and want to start with a macro question. As of a week ago today, God, doesn't it feel like longer than that? The U.S. has a new administration. And given that the NBCA mandate includes influencing policy, I'd love to find out what is on the top of your list for wielding that influence. And uh, Barry, you're currently in the hot seat, so why don't we start with you? Yeah, it's been an interesting time to be the NBCA chairman, as you might <laughs> suspect. A couple of different, really different administrations and, of course, covid you know, as we look forward, the key things that we think we can get done now with a new administration in the Senate, first top of the list is around immigration. We feel like we can potentially get the international entrepreneur rule put in place as law. And that, that was something that had been put in place, a teed up by the Obama administration and just sort of sat for four years under the Trump administration. The idea of that is that if an entrepreneur comes here from another country and they create jobs for Americans and get a certain amount of funding, we let them stay. We give them a visa to stay. That's sort of like a startup visa. So that's something we're going to push really hard on with the Biden administration. 
The other thing is, you know, traditionally, if you go back 20 years, NBCA has always lobbied for things that benefit VCs. And we realized, well, that's the old way of doing things. And I think starting around Kate's time, we started advocating for things that benefit startups uh, and her work on the job jobs projects and all that kind of stuff. And she'll talk about that. But we now think about how can we advocate for companies? And so what can we do to create more companies, especially in the middle of the country? And what can we do to help those countries get funded and stay funded and bring products to market? So we're going to think about those things like R&D tax credits, like how can they use tax losses and maybe monetize them with the government? All that kind of stuff is going to be really central to what we want to get done over the next several years. And then finally, I think over time, as we see these infrastructure projects and climate tech become really important policies for the Biden administration, we want to participate in that. And that's also a place where I think startups and corporates will partner. Great. Yeah. Kate, do you want to do you want to add to that? And I think uh, picking up on what Barry just said in particular, is there a role for corporate venture and their sponsor organizations to play in moving some of these initiatives forward? There absolutely is. And thank you, Barry, for taking the leadership at a time like this. I mean, we used to be Silicon Valley and Washington, D.C. kind of felt like they spoke different languages. And I think over the last few years, we realized that working together. And I think that's also true across the across the aisle, if you will, with corporate venturing firms, where in some cases we felt like it was a little guys versus big guys. That's really changed. And I think overall, I think the overarching thing is a common interest in promoting innovation as the engine for growth in our, in our economy. And that happens in small companies and large companies and how critical that is for U.S. economic competitiveness and leadership. And so doing everything they can to reduce the friction around tech innovation and to promote innovation, that includes funding of the NIH and the National Science Foundation, all the other early stage technology that all of us, corporates and venture capitalists, use as a place we go for for growth and, and cutting edge technology. And also just elevating the whole idea of technology and science to a cabinet level. That was really kind of mordant in, in the last administration. And now we have Eric Lander, the co-founder of Broad Institute, a long history as a PhD in, in science, math, and, and he's a biotechnologist teaching at MIT and Harvard. But that's now a, not only an active position, it's a cabinet level position. So I think it gives all of us an opportunity to continue that conversation about what can they do. It is around R&D tax, it is around immigration, it is around rights and regulations, whether it's the FDA or, or small businesses and job creation, again, throughout the country. So a lot for us to do, and we've had great partnership. You might know that there are a lot of corporate venture capitalists who are members of the National Venture Capital Association. So you guys are also in the room which is awesome. And we encourage more of you to join us because it's been a very productive conversation in many ways. We're the ant walking in a policymaker's door and you guys are the elephants walking out. So it's nice to be partnering with you on this work. Fantastic. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. You know, Barry, you touched on this in service of the entrepreneur. I mean, basically that's the business we're in is in service of the entrepreneur. I think it's always funny to me. I, I know with early, with brand new VCs, they're really focused on that first half of the job, the making the investments. And yet I find for those of us who are veterans, a, a lot of the work and the, and the real, I think, opportunity to make a difference is the part that comes after we make the investment. So I'm wondering for both of you putting on your venture hats now, what's top of mind today in terms of the support you're doing for the entrepreneur? You know, has that changed over the arcs of your careers and, and what's top of mind today? And how do you think the role for corporate venture can add value after the money is in? I'll take either one. Take that. <laughs> okay, sure. 
You know, yeah, I mean, it's mentors, you know, it's really easy to invest money. It's a lot harder to get it back. Right. And so we spend a lot of time with companies and trying to help them grow and build valuable businesses. And it's big, I think, you know, this year, obviously in 2020, sorry, looking back, was a very difficult year for CEOs. All of a sudden, they had to manage a whole company remotely. They're facing all sorts of pressures in terms of hiring, costs have gone up all sorts of stuff. And we don't really do a lot to help them. Now, they're also facing a pretty, pretty nice funding environment, right? Where there is capital available for the best companies. And so, but we got to think about how do we help them manage a remote employee base, right? What does that look like? How do we help them think about whether to start locating engineering groups outside of the Bay Area because they're a lot less expensive? And what does that mean for remote management? How do we help them hire key people especially in a world where you don't get to meet them face to face. And so, you know, we've been spending a lot of time on this. Now, moving forward, we will hopefully get back to normal at some point, but these issues don't all go away, right? I think we will have a remote workforce. We will have uh, difficulty in hiring and a really competitive market for labor, which is the good news. And more importantly, we've got to find a way to include the middle of the country in this, and if you think that now the workforce can be remote, well, why can't we stretch to the middle of the country and have more people in the middle of the country participate in our startups, as well as, of course, inclusion and having a more inclusive employee base. And we're trying to do things to now help in build access to the innovation economy for groups that have been traditionally underrepresented. And that's a big key thing that I'd like to focus on as chairman of the NBCA. Great. And we're going to touch more on that in a minute yep. as well. So Kate, anything um, else and any in terms of the corporate venture audience, anything in particular that you think corporate venture can bring to the table for entrepreneurs that is harder for a typical VC to bring to the table? Yeah, well, I think it, the good news is we complement each other. And I think, you know, one of the changes I think Barry and I've seen over our career and likewise, Heidi, for you, our similar arc in terms of time. And, you know, it used to be venture corporate training teams were cut in and out of the market. That's completely changed. It's professionalized. And I think we do look as we, as, as Barry and, and you and I would around a table, we look to each other's strengths, which complement each other to solve and same thing with corporates. And it's interesting, Vinod pointed it out in the last panel, it's less about looking to a corporate venturing firm for technology, because that's usually the promise of startup. There may be help with manufacturing or a few, a few things like that, but for the most part, that isn't it. But that's also now a smaller part of a startup's journey. Other than life sciences, where it is, we have had some compression in the path to market, it's not been as great as it has elsewhere, where they get into market relatively quickly. So to Barry's point, whether it's hiring people, whether it's partnering and finding those kinds of partners, and this is, again, where corporates can help a lot. They're hiring legions of people remotely. They are building boards. They are doing partnering. And whether it's with them or, let's say, Salesforce is an example, their venture team, not only are, is Salesforce itself an interesting partner. It's all their partners on Dreamforce. And if I can't go to Dreamforce and, or can only do so remotely, having that opportunity to get those introductions to people who might be go-to-market partners is huge. And I don't want to miss this conversation about Venture Forward, which is, again, this inclusion and diversity emphasis nonprofit associated with the NBCA that, that Heidi mentioned and Barry's touched on. It is about reaching and educating a lot of entrepreneurs in the middle of the country. Why is that valuable? One of the interesting areas for investing are the parts of our economy that have yet to become digitized, ag tech. You think about all this great opportunity. So there's a huge amount of expertise that, by the way, didn't exist in Silicon Valley when I was born or raised here. There were a lot of uh, fruit farms here that is long gone. 
So I think there's subject matter expertise, it's partnering, it's hiring, it includes DEI. I think there's a huge amount that folks can do. We certainly had experience where Red Hat, as an example, was a partner of one of my startups who had some open source software. Red Hat was huge in terms of helping us think about how to curate an open source community. There are a lot of things that, again, you all know how to do at scale that are above and beyond just sales. Because, of course, every startup's going to look at you and say, you can help me find a customer. <laughs> but I think it goes well beyond that. It's building the team. It's building the infrastructure. It's thinking about how to become the next winner in your sector. Yeah. And we've touched on this topic. I'd like to go deeper on it now and, and really talk about that. But yet the other part of our job, which is often when you make an investment, you end up with a new title, director. And that comes with some fiduciary obligations. Kate, you touched on the fact that you serve on a public board. I currently serve on two public boards, DMGT and Invitation Homes. And it's a certain, um, what would I call it, a passion project of mine to make sure that more women and people of color are serving on both public boards and private boards. I do feel that the conversation is more elevated at the public board level. I think that is somewhat due to the fact that we have a lot of tech companies that are unfortunately imbalanced to begin with. I think that it also has become more of an issue that is hitting some of the largest firms due to activism and other things that I think is, is having a very positive influence. So now, you know, you hear constantly about all the alphabet soup, DNI and ESG, diversity, inclusion and environmental, social and, and government or governance. In fact, it's very funny because when you talk about ESG, a lot of times people say have different meanings for what those three words even are. But the point oh, yeah. is we've expanded the idea of what a it used to be, you know, when I went to business school, if you just said we're maximizing the value to the shareholder, that's all you were supposed to do. And nowadays we have broadened that much more to the stakeholders, whether that's the employees, the customers, the community. The environment, there's a lot of things happening right now with respect to how can we move towards making a change to the impending issues of climate change and how can we do that without the stick mm-hmm. sticks that we normally have in other areas of potential regulation. And so I'd love for you each to address this. You know, what are you doing as a board member to advance these initiatives? Is it important for small companies to pay attention to this? I mean, they're so low on Maslow's hierarchy of need. Does it matter? And how do you have that influence in the positions that you're in? Well, I'm happy, well, I mean, Barry. I, do you want me to dive in or do you want to start? Why sure. You go? go ahead. Why don't you? Okay. I was going to say, you know, I wear three hats. I wear an NBCA hat for the industry. I wear a Lightspeed founder hat for my firm. And I wear a director hat for a number of companies. And so I look at this thing holistically is how do you get more people that are from underrepresented groups to share in the innovation economy? And it's not necessarily about assigning money to invest in black entrepreneurs or female entrepreneurs. It's about changing the whole system and providing access. Um, and so what we've done at Lightspeed, for instance, is we've got a program in place to really drive and measure how we build our company and include people from underrepresented groups. We have 10 females on our investment team, which I think is more than any other firm. And we've added three black investors. And what we do know is when you have more women on your investment team, you invest in more female entrepreneurs. It's just natural. And when you have more black investors, guess what? You invest in more black entrepreneurs. And why why are we doing this? Because they're underrepresented. And so our job is to actually produce great returns for our investors. And we believe that if we have a broader set of investors, a more inclusive team, we will reach a more inclusive and broader set of entrepreneurs. We'll see more deals. We'll see better deals. We'll have better performance. And that's mm-hmm. 
that to me is our duty as shareholders, right? Is And so when we talk about Lightspeed that way, we also talk about the NVCA and the industry that way. A more inclusive industry is a better industry because we've got better people all around. And each company that, we, that I work with, we talk about how do we build our team and how do we build our employee base? Well, we build it by getting the best people possible. That means you have to actually talk to a broad set of people to know who are the best people. There's 330, right. there's 330 million people in the United States. So don't tell me that there's a pipeline problem. There is no pipeline problem. There's an access problem, but we're fixing that. That's great. That's great. Kate. Yeah, Please. you know this, and I'll be mindful of the time here. You know, this is where, again, we've all been working together, meaning corporate VCs and venture capitalists now, my, again, my whole career. And this is the time in the conversation where we turn to you because of the, ex- the, the experience that so many companies at scale have gone through over decades and the learnings they've had in the space. When we started what a time was called the Inclusion and Diversity Task Force when I rejoined the VCA board to start that before we spun it off to be venture forward. We had corporate venture capitalists, by the way, who were more diverse in their composition, join the task force from day one, partly because of the experience. I mean, I remember sitting down with Jeffrey Meltz's inclusion and diversity team from GE, and they were talking about logical things to bring back a startup, this idea that inclusion and diversity is not a separate training program. It's embedded into what it is to be a good manager and leader. So supervisory training all the way through leadership training just embedded that and it was embedded in their goals. Well, aha, of course. So I think this is one where corporate venture capitalists are a huge partner for us. And I think Barry is right. It's not just good. It's smart. It helps us source better set of deals, solve problems better. I think also when you think about, again, back to Heidi, your point, who are our stakeholders? It does include the employees in the community. And who the the drivers of this are are really, I'll point to three folks. The Entrepreneurs themselves, this generation of entrepreneurs is much more mission-driven. They've seen a bit some of the problems their predecessors have had, and they are convinced they're going to embed this early. Aaron Levy said it well on public interview one day that he didn't want to, he looked at what was happening to the big tech companies that didn't, and Heidi, we were early investors together in that, that he didn't want to have to remodel his locker room later. Um, so he wanted to, I thought that was a great idea. A great you know, line. try to be, I was just such a great line. And then their constituents are twofold. The employees we bring in, they expect these firms to be more, and, and including the white men who joined these firms, want to be in a firm that is mindful of these things. And the last I'll end with is our limited partners. That's the capital that is invested in us. The same capital or same portions of that capital go into it's to support public companies. They've been pushing public companies for decades to, to reform on these dimensions, all ESG, including uh, diversity and inclusion. Uh, they're now turning that to us. And I think the harassment issues, which are not the same, but a neighbor to this, uh, really brought that to the fore. That's now part of their due diligence for Barry and me. They ask us these questions and they want to know if Barry and I mean what we say, because that's not the risk they're underwriting in going into venture and supporting these startups, that we are not going to build robust, mindful companies and companies that have more risk because they're not diverse. So right. for that reason, it's a huge change. And I really thank, by the way, the NBCA board because those of us in Venture Forward are heads down yeah. like Heidi mentoring, but it's now a permanent part and very supported by all the leaders in the industry. And I think that says a lot. And again, corporate VCs, you're yeah. the partner for us because you've learned so much more, us as an industry and around each of the boards we sit. So thank you for your thank expertise. You. Yeah. And thank you both. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for your service on the NBCA board as chair. I know that's like another full-time job. We are out <laughs> of time, but I appreciate this. And, uh, Onward. Thanks. Thank you all. Thank you. Ciao.
Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.